Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to uh, Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed and, well, you probably already know that, and being, uh, we're very lucky to have Joe Watkins on again. Hello, Joe. Hi, hi. Yeah, so, Joe, ha- how are things going? Um, a lot has happened since the last time we uh, spoke on this podcast. They're going well. Uh, we're all settled and into the new house. And How is Isle of Wight? Is it night? What's the weather like around there at the moment? Uh, beautiful, yeah. I mean, even when it rains, it's pretty. Really? Oh, uh, th- thanks for rubbing it in. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Still in Kent, you know. <laughs> Garden of England, they say. PHP 7's just pretty much, well, we, I saw that tweet from yours about the uh, comment doc, so PHP 7 has now kind of started, work, started I guess, it's been... Yeah, well, I mean, there's no, there's, no, um, there's no master branch anymore, so when a new version comes out, it's usually tagged from the master branch, and then, and then well, it's branched from the master branch, and then, and then tagged. Um, so the master is now actually version 7 and includes uh, the next generation patch. Right, so I suppose why 7 and not 6 is always the good joke, like, yep. <laughs> 5 plus 1 is 7. <laughs> that is it, you see, that is exactly it. I mean, it's logical math, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess, I suppose, uh, for the audience, so why, why, why 7 and not 6 then? Well, um, what we today call PHP 5.3 has a lot of the features that were developed in a branch that was called 6 and it was created to um, have the engine support Unicode um, strings everywhere. Um, but as work went on, um, it just became obvious it was just never going to end. It was just too um, much. So it was a, the branch was abandoned and then things like um, namespaces and that were backported to 5.3 and release. So that was called 6. So as a sort of nod to history and, and the work that went on on that, version we we decided to, to sort of keep history intact and, and go to version 7 i mean technically there has been a version 6 but no one ever used it Apart from, i think there was like a, a load of books that came out or something that has kind of also confused the matter where people can buy php 6 books with my sequel or something blah 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 because they yeah, kind of they, they sort of jumped the gun in publishing those i don't imagine that will happen again yeah i think i think they've learned their lesson there <laughs> um, they did jump the gun though i mean, I mean there was never there was never a beat or even an alpha release of it. It was never really. There wasn't even a release. So they did jump the gun there with that, and I hope no one stitches us up in the future and we have to jump more version numbers. But... Yeah, because it's almost like it's not your fault, really. I mean, if you haven't actually released anything, then how can? Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't be using it. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, and even though there has been a version six, we still get everyone saying, "So why? Where's version six? Because it, there wasn't one. Yeah, there, there, was... there was. I mean, but, is there, is it in the Git uh, repo? Is there any way? Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's actually called the um, Experimental Unicode branch. You can find it on, on um, GitHub and git.php.net. Uh, so maybe we, we, everyone says, where, where's PHP 6? We'll just uh, send them to that and then they'll get really confused. Yeah, I mean, it is there. I mean, in the version header, it's, it does say version 6, just like in master now it says 7. Version 7. The only thing that makes it a version, it was version 6. So so what things, so what the, the, the main downfall for PHP 6 when it was around was Unicode and the fact that it was, the implementation was going to be, let's rewrite everything to support Unicode from the off. Yeah, basically. And that that was the downfall of it, I guess. Um, yeah, basically, it was just not really. Uh, I won't say not achievable, but it wasn't. Ne- it wasn't necessary, in my opinion. Um, what they'd done was sort of in C, strings very simple. 
the character arrays, yeah. one character is one byte. So in a Unicode string, one character could be more than one byte. So obviously the really basic stuff, like telling the length of a string, is difficult if one character is not one byte anymore. You, you can't do you can't you can't do it fast. You can't do all kinds of clever clever arithmetic to to find out um, the the uh, end of a string or the, or the or the you know it's just not as um, I don't know the word but it, it, it's uh, Unicode makes just something simple like strings much more very complex. very complex. And as you said, there's so many ways of representing these Unicode yeah. uh, co- uh, co points that yeah you can do you know UTF eight, UTF sixteen, UTF thirty two, yeah. and it just gets a big end and little end. You know it becomes yeah. I think they chose to use UTF sixteen in the experimental branch, and it just didn't. And it's a lot of bloat as well for yeah because well, yeah, you're still most, using most of the strings you have in your application do not need to be Unicode. They they don't. I mean, you haven't written them in Unicode. So I know there yeah, are there's, there's no source code at this time that uses the Unicode for. Uh... Yeah, I know there are parts of the world that do do that, but they shouldn't. And but if they if they want to share and they want their code to be used, they 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 shouldn't. Um, so yeah, I just don't. I don't buy that that was required. I don't buy that um, the string that's constructed to include a file needs to be Unicode. Yeah, it does seem a bit excessive, doesn't it? Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, it was. A lot of effort went into it. And well, that's what I was like, When did it actually start? I mean, this is going back in history, but PHP, when did start the brand, you know, that kind of diversion to its own version? Yeah, I don't really remember much of last week, so I, I can't really say <laughs> but yeah, the 5.3, when 5.3 was released, that had what was going to be PHP 6. A lot of the stuff, yeah, the namespacing, yeah, first-class functions. and Yeah, except for the except for the Unicode. So I suppose moving on to PHP seven, will there be the same mistake or no? no, no. Th- there is no no. It won't work. There's no the definition of crazy is to do the same thing over. And over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you've done it, you know, get it once. You know, it's your own fault the second time. Yeah. Um, so no, that won't work, and it's not necessary still. So I thought um, the other day I was just playing around with the idea to just have you know people complain that the string appy in PHP is pretty poor. And, inconsistent and it's not well it is it's consistent with c so it's no surprise but yeah. <laughs> everyone else is a surprise i suppose and uh so um nikki c um N- uh, nikita popov um when he was working on this scalar methods thing he defined a really nice appy for strings and so i copied it and um uh, i implemented it with icu it's very simple code but it does the job and um you have Unicode string support, and it's just a, it's just an just an extension at the moment. Now, it's not probably going to stay like that, but it's a proof of concept that shows we don't need to actually tear apart the engine. That is awesome. We can just do it. We can just do it in a simple way. Um, so that's probably what we're going to do. Probably. I mean, there's no there's no RFC for it yet because I'm waiting on Phil Sturgeon. <laughs> he hit the, uh, the the voice for this. Yes. Yeah, he's really good with people. I, Absolutely, I, he's really good with people. I'm not, so uh, um, I let him. Do, I let him do that, and he's really good at it. So uh, it'll be good to have him on board. So I asked him. He's he's going to get on board. Um, he's just a bit busy at the moment. He'll do an RFC, and then hopefully there won't be much resistance because it's so obvious. Well, that's also awesome. so. Why? What made you drew uh, drew you to do PHP seven Unicode support? Was that really just because it was you, it was started to do PHP seven stuff? Could could it be backported to five version five? Uh, well, um, when I wrote it, actually, I did write it for five point six. Um, but then NG's coming out, and we need this solved. I don't really think PHP five point six is going to be used. 
I mean, everyone's still using 5.3, aren't they? Well, this is it. I mean, the end of life now. I think it came out this week or last week, version yeah. to point twenty nine or something. So that is finally, let's, um, you know... Upgrade time. Yeah. And then that, that's I the joke. I don't really think many people are going to use 5.6. So I thought rather than waste my efforts on writing it for today's PHP, it would be better if we have it for tomorrow when we want it. Um, oh, that sounds awesome. So I just changed it to work with NG only, so I'm... Uh, the must uh, PHP seven, so I'm, I'm not um, I'm not I'm not going to backport it because uh, it's going to be probably be quite a lot of effort. I've only got a prototype at the moment; it works, but uh, you know it's a prototype, so uh, it will change. And um, yeah, I don't want to do that work twice because engine five point six are quite different. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask. Actually, the next thing was so what is so different about PHP seven then? What what currently has been added to it? Well, um, the patch the the ng at the moment. PHP 7 just consists of NG and some other RFCs built on top of NG, obviously. Um, and there's lots of, of, of work going on. The NG patch itself is a memory optimization. It is a, it's an exercise of memory optimization. Basically, we allocate less. Well, no, I'll just leave it at that. We, 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 we use about the same amount of memory, but the way we use it is much more efficient. So it has a side effect of everything goes faster. And that's, that's, that's basically what it is. Is that why you're seeing all the WordPress, you know, benchmarks going crazy and all this fun stuff? That seems to be the... Yeah, it's really not very far off HHVM at this point, which is quite remarkable because there's still no native machine code. It's still all's end. Well, that, no... that, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's the crazy bit. There's no JIT. There's no AST at oh. the moment either. Like, there's nothing to, you know, it really is kind of, that was just, it was just memory optimizations that seemed to be able to get this speed boost. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a really brave thing to do to actually set about doing it in the first place because we're all aware of this stuff, but PHP is huge. Yeah. So how much work do you think went into, or have you seen the lines of code? Like The work was ongoing for as far as we can tell, about a year. Without anyone actually... knowing. that That's the only problem, wasn't it? I think that was the well, thing not, that... Not anyone, but very few people knew, and they were instructed not to tell anyone else, which I don't like. Was, but... was, was, what was the reason behind that then? That seems uh, a little strange. Couldn't give you one. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be a decision I'd make. Couldn't, couldn't give you a reason. Don't, haven't heard a good one. Um, I haven't got one. It, they, um, they just decided, they just decided that that was the way they were that was the way they're going to work with it. And yeah, and the more people who are involved, the better. I mean, we we know that's a fact with open source software. It's not like um, it's quite arrogant to assume that only three people could do it. But that's the way it went down. It's kind of old news now. Once it existed, it was like, well, it existed. It yep. exists now. That's it. And that, I suppose, and that was then, was that the start of saying, well, this is what now PHP 7 is going to be based off? Or did it? was there a kind of a time where it was like people were still deciding, are we going to use this? Or are we going to think about another way? Or You'd have to be barking mad to say, no, we're not going to use this. There was actually <laughs> quite a lot of noise on, on the internal mailing list, but I don't, there wasn't actually an objection. There was just, to be honest, a couple of people making noise. And for various reasons, they wanted to make a noise about it, and that's what they'd done. And so when when it was announced that NG was going to move into Master on Reddit, everyone, uh, I saw a few people say, oh, I thought it was really controversial, but it wasn't. There was just a lot of noise. Um, you can tell by the vote. Um, well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can tell by the vote that it was not controversial at all. It was obvious we were going to have to use it. You know, I mean, we'd be, we'd be mad not to. So, Even though it does, it does mean a lot of work for everyone who's got a, a bunch of extensions. That or... was what I was going to say, Nick, because, uh, of course, you do release quite a few extensions. Yeah. How much work is there going to be to actually update to PHP 7? Uh, to be honest, um, I started a couple of them. Um, I started a couple of them, but I, I mean, I've only been looking at the code for a few months because I didn't tell anyone. So, I, mean, I, I don't, I know it seems like I 
spend all my life working on PHP, but I don't. <laughs> no, you've got a day job, you've got kids, you've got a family, yeah, exactly, yeah. no, yeah. I, I don't really, I don't have much time to sit and read through explanations on um, the wiki, and I don't have that much time to read through the code, so it was only really when, and obviously the last sort of month or so, I've been quite busy as well, so it was yeah. only when they actually said, right, it's now in master, I thought, well, we better really get on with this. Yeah, this, this yeah. is something that's actually real now to you, that you have to yeah, deal with. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to deal with it. So, I mean, I vote, yes, I want, I want to deal with it. It's just, um, I don't. Um, <laughs> it's like the do and don't. It's like part of you wants it because it's awesome. The other part is you're like, this is going to be so much work. I'm literally shooting myself in the foot here. But then what, what I'll get out of it is um, obviously better. I mean, especially for P-threads because not that it's a bottleneck, but the way we used to do stuff would incur function calls where now it's just point arithmetic. It's really boring stuff, really, so I won't talk about it. But basically, it's, go- it's going to be worth it, not just because the rest of PHP is quicker, but also your code's going to end up quicker because of it and also because yeah. of the, the things they're providing you. Because they've changed actual conventions as well as appies. They've, they've changed the, the, the way we actually use memory by convention, so that, that, that's, that's, that's a positive thing. Even if you're just writing the same code again, it's going to be better. So, but in theory, it's going to be better. How well documented is it at this time, or is the code, the documentation? Yeah, I mean, like the rest of PHP, yeah. it pretty much is. I mean, there is a couple of documents on the wiki, actually. It not Actually, to be fair, it's probably documented, uh, I'm tempted to say better than the current internals, because they've had to explain everything. In such, <laughs> yeah, they have know. to explain to everyone. I mean, that's probably a good thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, you're yeah, yeah you're asking all these questions, so they're going to have to answer them. But at the moment, it is, for, it is not really formatted for the average user. It's on the wiki, um, but it's not really formatted for the average user so um, I, I haven't I've read through it but I haven't really taken the time to read through it do you know what I mean definitely been busy <laughs> so other than so with with so we've got PHPNG now <coughs> and then that's like the base of 7 and then an RSC it's like stuff like your PHP debugger that's going to be released in 5.6 yeah. Is that a lot of work involved there, do you reckon, or have you not had a chance to start looking around there? I actually have I have many clever friends. But I have um I have the guy that works on one of the guys that works on PHP Debug with me, called um, Bob, he's a very, very clever guy. Um he he's actually volunteered to do it. He's gonna do all of it, he says. Oh so. wow, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. He, he, actually, <laughs> he actually wrote, I mean, PHP Debug is quite a simple thing. He, he wrote like the most complex bit, complex parts of it. So, uh, I, I wasn't really, I, I could convert it, but I wasn't really eager to. And he, he said he'd do all of it. So that's brilliant. That's um, a win, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm not going to have to do that, but I would have to do the, probably I'm on my own with the rest. Um, yeah. P threads, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, uh, I'll just do them when I can. Me, really. I mean, uh, UOPS um, is used in at work, but I don't don't imagine I'm going to be able to use that as an excuse. To yeah, do it work. <laughs> it's trying to work out, isn't it? Can I do this during the work day? It's like you know, is there a reason for me to be able to do this? Yeah, um, and prefaces as well, but I mean, not on like not on the front end, but yeah, I, I might be able to get a bit of time from work to do if if I get squashed for time near the first alphas, maybe. But um, the most Optimistic estimation I've heard from Zend is seven months. Set till release of PHP seven. To well, to the start of the release cycle. So alphas. To alphas. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, but that is optimistic. I'm yeah. not going to shoot it down for being optimistic. That is optimistic, though. Um, realistically, we shouldn't do anything before a year, and probably more, maybe even two, because in the last few days only. Lots of patches are coming up and getting voted on and getting through. Um, um, Nikki's um, AST patch, which is which is very clever. We all yes. really like that. Um, um, 
that's going to get through and then that's probably going to give people other ideas stuff they want to get through so it might um it 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 might be a good idea to say let's not even talk about doing it for the next year let let's see where we are the pressure to not have the pressure of having to yeah because like when you're under pressure like a minute ago when he was waiting for me i was trying to eat my food and i ended up breathing in meat oh no so sorry (laughs) (laughs) being under pressure is not good under pressure uh, is not good at all. Not released. Uh, the deadlines are one of the worst things. And and you know, if people aren't done with five, five the five series yet. It, it might be uh, it might be that we need a five seven for whatever reason. So then we're gonna have to put some effort into that. Uh, it won't. Yeah, just how happen. do you work out? I mean, th- this is the thing now. Like, uh, so like when it was like five, uh, we had like six and five. You know, the branches. Like how? And now we've got the five and then the seven. Do you? Do certain people handle certain things from different branches, or do you say you can work on whatever you want, really? Well, I mean, you can work on whatever you want as far as bugs and RFCs and feature requests. There's a release manager or release managers for each uh, release version, and then they basically, when an RFC goes through, even though people usually venture a, a version number, they'll say they're targeting a version number, it is really down to release managers. Um, either if a patch goes through and a release manager thinks it's going to break compatibility in their release for whatever reason, they can exclude it from their release. So really, um, when it comes to when it comes to the the final word, it's really uh, release managers. Although it's never really been tested much, but it really is down to release managers what goes into each version. So when you're working on something, you you gener- the, the workflow is actually quite complicated. You've got to try and merge up to every, like the earliest supporting branch that you can or prepare a patch that can be merged upwards to sort of 5.4 now i suppose which is just going to be impossible for engineers <laughs> not can't do that it's going to be it's going to be we're going to have to f- focus time on ng by itself there's not a really a sensible way of um, pa- patches are are i think being backported but six months down the line from now it's just not real because yeah, when so much work's going to be done in pe- yeah exactly it's not going to be possible to be able to just yeah let's just make it so it's easily enough to be backported to five four or something as well it's yeah. a crazy idea they are so different that um no it that won't happen quite a lot of effort's been put into preparing the ng for the master branch so lots of patches have been sort of back and forth but uh yeah six months down the line i think we're probably all just going to be focused on ng and our stuff on on there really yeah so so i i don't i don't know what i don't know what will happen and we haven't we don't know who the release manager for seven is yet either so is it like, is it voted on or is it just someone's elected uh, so? uh it's basically sort of they're nominated sort of thing uh we have two release managers, and then, as far as I know, as far as I can tell, one release manager stays on from the last release, or they both do, and they help the new release managers. Ah, so uh, what's well, a transition kind of thing, like? Yeah, and then, and then, and then they do that for the next person, and then they do that for the next person. That seems that seems to have happened for the last few releases. Hopefully, that will that will be the way it happens. But yeah, I, I haven't heard actually talk of a nominating a release manager yet. I just I don't know. Uh, so one of the uh, RFCs that have been come around, as you were saying, with Nikita, uh, Nikita, I think it was, with the AST, the addition of an abstract syntax tree. Um, yeah. Would you mind just explaining, like, in layman terms, what an abstract syntax tree is and what it's going to do for PHP 7, really? The current compiler, uh, in, in layman's terms, the current compiler is uh, very simple in that as a, as a script is passed, the action of passing the actual text also compiles the code. Ah, so those two steps are put into one. Are one thing, 
Yeah. So the lexer um, and the parser are one thing. Yeah, uh, but the, no, the parser and the compiler are one thing. Oh, sorry. Um, the the, the, the pass, parsing does the job of compiling. So an AST separates out them two steps, which uh, there are several... Uh, just before the AST RFC, there was a uniform variable syntax. Yes, that was another RFC that looked very, very cool. Now, basically, there's all kinds of stri- strange side effects in... in and of, of, of this one stage thing that restricts syntax and they partly restrict what new syntax features you can have and uh, things like removing reserved keywords is really difficult and it's just really out of date basically um, AST is much more modern it's what all the modern um, languages compiled languages do they, you, you're basically splitting out the, the parsing and, and compiling into into uh, into different things. problems, so you, someone can be solving. You can do special things around each one. Yeah, and also it gives us um, the, some of the optimizations that Opcast performs. It some of them, don't know how many. Um, it gives us the opportunity to actually perform them on on the AST directly, and and it gives us the, the opportunity to think up more more things that we could do. So everyone's really excited about that because the uh, the kinds of things that um, Link, which is a, a Microsoft... Um, oh, yes, Link expression trees and stuff like that. Yeah, this is possible because of the language is, is, has, is based on AST. It has, a, has an AST compiler. So things like that, they're really useful, quite cool, but totally more or less... In, you can, it's not impossible, but to do it in PHP, you'd have to use... You'd have to pass it in PHP, obviously, which isn't terrible, but well, it's quite good actually. Nicky wrote that as well. Yeah, the PHP um, parser. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't really write crap. <laughs> uh, so that's good as well. But it's not really. It doesn't really feel like part of the language, and it's sort of well, it should be by now. Uh, so yeah, that's like a no-brainer. I think everyone voted yes on that. Everyone's voting yes on it. This vote's still open, I think. So yeah, that's what it does. It splits out parsing and compiling into two to, two separate um, stages. So I suppose, uh, was there a reason why, again, that was done in PHP 7 and not PHP 5? Or is it something to do with NG changing things? Um, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know, to be honest. I think you'd, you'd have to ask it. I think it's just that it's a complex change and mm. and uh, it could have it could have side effects we don't see right now. It needs time to mature. That's a very good point. Yeah, you've got this because pitch seven. You've got this kind of in the future thing where you're able. People yeah, are going to be hard work on it. So like now we can do stuff like um, change the compiler and change the memory manager. Even um, uh, D- uh, Dimitri, one of the guys at Zen, just put a, put a, a, a note out in, on internals. I don't think there's an RFC yet, but there's a note out on internals about a new memory manager. Yeah, so we can make these big changes and know that we've got time to test and stabilize them and get results from framework authors and things like that and. Uh, so I think that's probably just the reason. Just that it just seemed like a good target because it's a um, major release and not a much. Yeah, so you've and, actually and there's probably a little bit of the fact that obviously two stages is more than one, so uh, it uses more processor time. It uses yep. more everything, but but that's negated somewhat by the fact that NG is so much quicker. So that's probably probably a bit of that as well. But I couldn't um, I wouldn't say that for definite. Just an observation that it probably it was a good idea because if there is overhead incurred, it will be mostly hidden by the advances NG has made. That's it. And, and and then having the AST makes things, you can do some more funky things internally. I mean, I suppose one thing was, is it going to be available to you as a, a extension writer? Do you know that at the moment? Or um, Well, um, Nikki hasn't proposed an appy, but I think that's probably just because it's easier to get RFCs through when they're simple, or as simple as possible. So if he, if he, if he tried to propose an appy, it you probably just get bike shedding on how the, the appy was wrong. Oh yeah, uh, so, the naming of things and yeah, 
so he's probably just doing that. I I I, I watch him and, and wait eagerly um, to see what he's going to do. If he don't do anything, uh, which I doubt, uh, but if he doesn't, then uh, it's not too difficult. Um, he's he's documented it well and uh, work. He's good programmer, Nicky, so you can read code. He writes and understand what he's doing. It won't be too difficult um, for someone else to do it. So that's probably what will happen if he doesn't do it himself. But I'm sure he'd rather he he did it himself because he's sort of he's there. He's his little baby kind of thing, like yeah. And he's sort of the expert. He's the best expert we've got on it because it's his code. So uh, probably makes sense for him to do it. Even if someone else does it, he'll get involved and guide them and whatever. Anyway, that's good because I suppose we've kind of like skipped a massive step here. Where I mean, if it's all right with you, kind of. You're, I mean, you've been working on PHP for a long time now, so you know the internals of it really well. And I suppose, I just wondered, could you go through uh, the life cycle of how a PHP file is run? Like how it's executed, how it's passed, how it's processed, and stuff like that. Currently, maybe in just PHP 5. Because I think users, it would be quite good for our listeners, they would understand, like, because we, we write the code in PHP, and we think, oh, but then this black box almost that magically makes it so it runs and stuff and how it's actually figured, you know, and all that. And we talk about all this that, you know, like the compiler and Zend and Zend's virtual machine and Lex, uh, Lexas and parsers and stuff. So I just wondered, like, from the start off, say we've got this PHP script, how that is actually run, how it's broken up and, and all that stuff. Okay, well, um, PHP script is loaded. The script, the file is loaded, just like you open a file with F open and you, you Lex it. Okay, so that means you turn the stuff in the file, the, the words and the characters and the symbols, into a token stream. Yeah. And then you turn, you, you pass this token stream to a parser, and the parser works out what you're doing, and then the parser, at the same time as doing that, also compiles the code. So the code, when we, when we talk about code internally, we mean something called operase. Every unit of code in PHP is an operase. So a function, a file, um, they're operates. Now, an operates in sequential order, in, in, it's, a, it's a list of instructions to execute. So this is where, to execute them, that's where the, that's where the virtual machine comes in. The, the virtual machine loads an operate, having been lexed by the lexer, and passed by the parser, and compiled by the compiler. <laughs> the virtual machine steps through the instructions one by one, and executes them. So, for example... Um, an if statement, you've first got the actual if, and then you've got the expression in the condition. So then that's one opcode, right? So it would be a, a, a jump opcode, and a jump if uh, false or jump if true opcode. So, um, and then that'll tell it, you know, if, a condi- if, the, if the expression, the condition evaluates to true or false, the uh, in, in the instruction is also included where it should jump to. So it can jump after the block, or it can just carry on if the condition was met. That's basically it in in a, in a minute. It's obviously more complicated than I've made it sound. No, that's a really uh, good overview of like how it works. I mean, the the virtual machine, the Zen virtual machine. That, I suppose that's the part that when Zen is the big because I, I know that that came uh, that was that introduced in PHP five or no, it was upgraded. I mean, the virtual machine Zen in, in the case of PHP, Zen is the virtual machine. Um, it's been upgraded, and there was a big upgrade in five, but um, and it's probably when people started talking about it as a thing. But um, no, no, um, it's it's been there, been there all the time. And will it be there from the new? Because I, I suppose is that one of the parts that would be nice to be able to be uncoupled. That then you could have other virtual machines that do things quicker in certain aspects, or is that kind of a pipe dream that won't happen? Well, PHP is not just 
when we talk, we never talk about Zen. I mean, no, you can't, you can't install Zen. You can install no. Zen. It's only your me or <laughs> you can't really. Um, you can't really use it by now. And PHP is not really just about Zen. It's also about all the extensions. I mean, even the standard library, like string functions, they're not actually part of Zen. They're, they're a standard library in PHP, which is a different part of the code. So it's not really realistic to talk about swapping out the engine. There is work by Facebook on a specification. Yeah, I've, I saw that a couple. It's, it started a couple of uh, about a week ago, I think, which is a yeah. very good project. Like to try and build a specification for PHP. Yeah, I'm not too good at days. It might have been more than a week, but yeah, sometime in the recent recent past, they announced it as a as a sort of draft. And um, yeah, that's really what you need. You need to start from the ground up, and you need a specification to do that properly. So that, they've done the most work in that area. I mean. Uh, none of us are really. Uh, it's not that we're not interested in it. We are. We are interested in it. It's finding the time. I'm sure that yeah, that's the thing. The time. We d- we just don't have the time or resources to put into it, and we're super glad that they have. And uh, there's been some back and forth, and they've made some changes and some suggestions for future versions of PHP. And it's all good. But yeah, that's really what you need to do if you want to write another implementation of PHP. You need to start at the beginning and and end at the end. There's no, there's no cut, there's no yeah, cutting. You, you can't just yeah, take a shortcut. Yeah. I mean, you could, but it would be so much work to do that that you're just shooting yourself in the face, and you're inheriting the problems that you're trying to. <laughs> That's solve. exactly it. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much just get, you may have solved half the problem when yeah. you want to solve the whole thing. So yeah, that's probably what you need to do if you want to re-implement PHP. But I must say that Facebook have got unbelievable resources. I mean, if you actually look at the finances of the young company they have got unbelievable resources infinite resources <laughs> yeah i just i can't imagine and they run at such a massive massive scale can't imagine there'd be any company out there that would find it beneficial to pay programmers to actually do that i mean i know there are um, there's a couple of other implementations that have come about for exactly that reason but i can't imagine what sort of companies they are so i just i don't really think there's going to be many there's been others before hhpm and no one cared it's because it's got but, Facebook's uh, label, seal of approval on it, I guess. Yeah, but they do, they've probably done the best job as well. I mean, I, can't, I don't want to take anything away from them. HHM's a technically brilliant thing. I, I, I can't imagine that there'll be ten of them in, in five years, you know? I, I, and I hope there isn't, because um, it's only helpful to a degree. It is helpful to have another team working on an implementation. They've uncovered some really weird stuff about PHP, and it's, it's all good. But um, if there were ten then let's say that all the developers we had working on PHP now split into 10 small groups and worked on all these different versions, none of them would ever move forward. That's it. They would all be trying to copy the other people or, you know, yeah. It it would just become a mess. And just installing PHP would no longer be a thing. (laughs) You would have to clarify that. And and so it would just be a mess for everyone if there were lots of implementations. So I'm I'm glad that there's a specification and the possibilities there for, for research and whatever, but... Um, I don't like the thought of in five years' time there being ten versions to choose from. I don't think that's productive at all for anyone. I mean, you probably want what kind of Python has with C Python, which is the implementation language, and you've got PyPy and stuff like that, and maybe you know J Python. You know, so you've got these ability to be able to be on a couple of things. Maybe. Well, I'd ra- I would, to be honest, I would rather people just put their effort into actually improving PHP, like the thing that we're all earning money from, yeah, or yeah. like doing our job with. If you've got such a large company with such massive resources that you can set out to build PHP, then good luck to you. And I'll watch, and I might even join in. But I don't think it's a good idea for everyone to do that. I think we need to do. We do need to stay focused. It's good to have a specification for reasons other than it. It's good for 
many implementations. We should focus on now that it's all written down in front of you. You know, you should be able, you can see things you haven't seen before. You notice things you haven't seen before. Or they're not you, they're brought to your attention in such a way that you cannot ignore them because everyone's talking about it already. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so um, I think that that's a really good thing. And we should fo- we should try and focus on our projects. HHVM should focus on theirs, and they should focus on helping us when they can, and and, and vice versa as well. But don't everyone jump ship to the next cool thing that comes along because PHP has been here for twenty years. That's it, and it's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah. With a uh, hack, then so so with our with, now we now we know there's Alexa, there's a parser. And the parser and the compiler are together. So while it's parsing, it's also compiling it. And then yeah. compiling it generates these opcodes that we use. Then by we run those opcodes on the ZenVM. Uh, yeah. Do you know what the difference is for Hack? What, what do they do to make it faster at, at, at this time? Like What's their kind of thing that they do? Okay, well, faster is relative because they have a much more complex startup process. So if you just do something simple like a Hello World, You'll see that PHP is much quicker than that. But no, they've got a totally different thing. Well, they haven't got a totally different thing. I mean, in some way, any language works like that. Yeah, because uh, it interpreted it's... and compiled, you know, like, and then you've got like... Yeah, diff- even even a compiled language is still executed by the CPU, like a virtual machine executes yeah. um, something dynamic. And, and so in some way, roughly, that happens to all languages. So it's not completely different. But what... What a hack actually does is what's called uh, just-in-time compilation, uh, which takes the their internal representation of what we call an operate or opcode, and it actually emits a um, native instruction, like supported by the C- CPU for that instruction. So it doesn't have to be. It's not any more dynamic. It's not any more. It's not any more interpreted, rather. So that's what they basically do. So their implementation. They've got a dynamic mode as well because, for many reasons, they've got a dynamic implementation as well. So they they they're dynamic implemented. They 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 pass and compile the code the same as we we do roughly. And then if they can, they emit native instructions so that a function will get faster as you execute it because of um, because it's been able to go through and say, oh, I can use this instead. So does it go yeah. through the virtual machine still when it's doing that native code, or does it just bypass the virtual machine? Native code can't really be executed by a virtual machine because it's not native anymore. It's got to be executed by the CPU. So uh, it's complicated. It sort of it sort of switches in and out of, of the the virtual machine when it ha- when it can when it's got native instructions to execute it. Well, and I suppose that's when but, you said. Oh, sorry. Not all code can be can be reasoned about to the point that you can execute it on a on a CPU. Um, especially in a dynamic language, there's not types. There's you've got to do type inference, and that's complicated and can go wrong. And so then you have to roll back. You can go. You can go into the. Um, you can go into the the part that uses the actual CPU. You can have to abort that and roll back and then execute in dynamic mode anyway. Ah. Because the code can't be reasoned about, and so it won't. It it cannot be executed natively. But that doesn't become obvious until you start executing it. So it's a really complicated thing. But but um, they basically do the same thing, but they try to emit native instructions when they can. It's basically what they do. So I suppose that's yeah. when you said at the beginning, it's all relative to what bit of code you're doing and, you know, kind of thing. Like if it's heavy mathematics stuff, I'm sure that you'll get massive speed boost there. But other things yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, you will. But when I say native code, I mean, it is native in that it's, it's executed by CPU, but it's not native as in the same it would look. Okay, if I if I wrote if I wrote the code in C or C, what I compiled would not look like what it executes or compiles. 
because they are still inside their their environment, and they can't. You can't just access when you've got a a variable container in, in PHP. A variable can be any type, and so one variable can be any type, and so um, that container can't be accessed as a integer or a string. Yeah, yeah. you have to uh, kind of take into consideration. You have to, to access anything. elements, and so this is caused load and assembly um, as uh, load and store instructions. So so loading the, the element, uh, the second element of a struct or whatever, or array or whatever. That has to emit a lot of them so that it can, so that their machine code can work with their internal rep- representation of a ZVAL. It is compiled, but it doesn't look the same as what it would if I wrote it. It's um, better. It's better than using the virtual machine, but it's not as good as yeah. compiling it natively. As you yeah. say, writing it from C and C++. Yeah. Even though if I wrote it in C++ and I cared about the container and stuff like that, I'd have to write, the same instructions would be omitted. But obviously, if I wrote it in C++, I wouldn't care about the container. I can use native types, so it's um, not as good as it could be if I wrote it. But but still still very good um, and still much better than a, a virtual machine doing it. Even the virtual machines that are included in things like uh, a libjit, for example, are quite slow. I mean, very slow in comparison to proper native code in it on executing on the CPU. So yeah, that, that's um, basically how that works. That's awesome. Because uh, actually, talk about libgit. That was one thing I noticed on your GitHub profile that you had yeah. a little play around with that, and the notice that you know you were spe- specifying that this value is an integer and stuff like that. Was that why then? Because then it you're able then to say, look, I want this to be an integer, really. Don't worry about it being a container anymore. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, I mean... That's to make compi- it so you could then, you could arc, you could do the same similar thing what C would and C++ would do when it's compiled down then, or... Okay, so what we've got in JITFU is like a back-end. It's not like a... It's not a compiler. It's what you might use as a back-end for a compiler. So uh, it provides the machinery to make machine codes, but it do- but doesn't actually know about types or anything like that, or syntax or anything like that. So yeah, you have to tell it. You have to tell it types at the machine level. You, you, yeah. you have to t- you have to give it types. So yeah, um, Jitfu's a research project I started a, a while ago. Yeah, it's quite it's it's quite interesting because uh, some cool things could come out of it. I know I know of some cool stuff that's being worked on, but I can't really talk about it. Yeah, but that's good. Um, and, and, uh, some some cool stuff is coming. Yeah, definitely. The, f- the fact is that not all code in PHP needs to be machine code. I mean, there's no difference between me in C calling MySQL client library functions, and you in PHP calling MySQL library, uh, client library functions. So there's no difference, that, and that's not what holds PHP up. That's not what holds applications up. Now there are cases where there are cases where you've got a specific function that you need to be fast. But if you wanted all your code to be fast, you wouldn't be working in PHP in the first place. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. You use PHP, use a dynamic language for its ease of use instead yeah. of it being performant. So I don't buy that um, compiling everything is necessary or correct, um, especially when it doesn't give you the same result as it would as as me writing the code. So I think that's probably where we're going to see quite interesting things in in with, with the with the um, JIT stuff is not in. We won't gain anything from a whole implementation of PHP. What we will gain something from is being able to say, "I want this one function here that I've written very precisely and and, and that is very not simple, but it, it should be fast because it's things like arithmetic and yeah, the and, inner loops of something, the the bits that yeah, you want. Yeah, it should be fast, but because it's all got the overhead of coming in and out of the virtual machine, it um isn't fast and 
so you just should be able to say just compile this one bit and give me a way to execute it on the CPU and I think that's where we'll get interesting things come along. So there's another thing. So with Java and a language like Python, um, they 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 emit uh, bytecode, and the bytecode is then written and then uh, run by the virtual machine. Is that similar mm. to opcode or? Well, a modern Java has actually got a JIT as well. Yeah, basically a, a bytecode is what I mean. Some some old PHP extensions refer to opcode as bytecode. They are they're basically it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Same time, really. So that that kind of gets that that gets so. Uh, and when we say an opcode cache, it's really doing because normally, I, I mean, this is a game like just think like if you run a Python file, you know, uh, you 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 run it once and you'll find that you get a Py C file that is just a compiled bytecode of it. The opcode uh, we don't we, the op caches just store that stuff and get run that instead of going through all the lexing, all the parsing, all the compiling again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the, the life cycle of a PHP script is quite different with an opcode cache, yeah. Um, although it's not just as simple as... I've seen quite a few diagrams, even by quite prominent individuals, that are wrong. I've seen a lot of explanations say that. Okay, so we do up... In the first request, uh, we do up to the compilation stage, and then before we execute it, the opcode cache, let's call it opcache, <laughs> uh, gets control of the operate, and it makes necessary changes, and it caches it in shared memory. The shared memory is memory that can be accessed by multiple processes, and so this is how an opcache is shared among your many Apache workers or whatever. Yep. So I've seen people say that on the second request, the code is read from shared memory and executed, but that can't happen. It will never be able to happen. Um, that wouldn't make sense. That would mean that every single, say you have a multi-threaded SAPI, I know most people don't use them, but say you did, it would mean that every, every thread is executing the same code and nothing would make sense, would it, in the virtual machine? So that can't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't do that. It's copied out, which is still not free, but um, still much faster than... Faster than doing all that work again. Yeah, but it's not actually all executed from the same shared memory. It does have to be copied out and changed because when the code is first compiled by Zend on the first request, uh, before it's given to opcache, all the jump addresses that I've said about, like the if instruction, is a jump instruction. The address that you're jumping to is different. an actual address. Yeah. So it's an address within the operate, but it tells the VM where to go next. And so if you copied it into shared memory and then copied it back out, into <laughs> new, the addresses would all be wrong. Completely different, so, yeah. Yeah, it does have to do some work. It's not as simple as read it from shared memory and execute it. It has to copy it out, and it has to fit basically what we call pass two. It finishes compilation of the, 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 the code again. So, um, yeah, that's how opcaches work. It does change the um, uh, process, um, the, the life cycle of a PHP script, and it, and it does make things much, much faster. And if you're not using one, then you're barking mad. <laughs> so, so with Zend, because uh, Zend opcache came in in 5.5, yeah, um, and there, but before that, a lot of people using like APC. Did that work similar? Uh, yeah, they do work similar. Opcache, previously named Zend Optimizer, uh, the clues in the name. <laughs> it actually, it, it caches the code, and then also it performs optimization. So um, I've got some details of this. If anyone wants to read about it, I'll, I'll give it you to put That'd on the awesome. show. Um, it does some quite interesting things, quite obvious things like. Um, uh, compact literal arrays, so we use the same string twice and things like that. It does quite obvious things, but it does some advanced things as well. And it actually makes the code faster than you have written it. And that and APC didn't do that and didn't attempt to do that. Very clever, but not really finished. <laughs> but yeah, will it will it will we ignore that? Uh, 
it's there for you, for use. And I mean, most applications will be able to run on the highest level of optimization and actually be able to measure the, the difference. It does make things faster. There's a few of the optimizations that are theoretically bad and some that are actually bad that you might come across, but uh, they're not things that you might you would come across ordinarily, and they're not um, not normal stuff. Like like I just said, most most people will be able to run their applications on with full optimization. So yeah, that's the difference between them. That's also awesome. so that is the optimization set, and then so ABC doesn't do does um, when it gets uh, I suppose actually no. So when it part when when it's passed and compiled, is it optimized at all? There is there any way of it being no because it's one step. So it's one step. Yeah, you can't, can't do look it. Ahead and reason about what's next or what's five instructions down the line and things like that. You can't do that. It's imp- it's actually impossible. With an AST, which uh, looks like Seven's going to have, some of it is possible. I saw talk from Dimitri at Zen uh, saying that some fun- some function call optimizations might actually just you might actually just be able to delete them from Opcast optimizers wow. because they can be done at AST level. So I imagine there's others like that, but I'm not I'm not um, super knowledgeable about it because I, I haven't even I mean I've read the patch I voted on it, but I haven't given it any any thought or done any research or anything, but Dimitri's looking looking it's looking promising that we might be able to uh, move some of them optimizations and and that that would be nice because Opcast is complicated. Um, APC used to probably be the most complicated part of the HP, or the most complicated extension that everyone used. No, actually, the most complicated part of Herd, as must say, he considered it the most complicated. Really? Was it? Yeah, because of just because of the nature of what it does, and, and Opcash is even more complicated with its optimizer. It's it's somewhat. Um, they've been clever. APC was complicated because it's got a very complicated memory manager, memory management strategies, but. Uh, Opcash hasn't. Uh, it's got a very simple one, a very simple strategy. So that they've they've made the right choice there. But the rest of what it does is more complicated than APC. I would I would say. So yeah, uh, it's going to be a really silly. Go- what is a memory manager? Okay, well in HP, like all your memories managed for you. Yeah. You have it. Really, you have it. Like really a garbage deep. collection type. Yeah. Well, no, a memory manager is um okay. Well, in C, um, we have to allocate memory when we want to use. And then you have to free it again if you don't want leaks. So yeah, if you're a good programmer, you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, I heard Rasmus say once that a good programmer is bothered to do that stuff, but he doesn't. He would just restart Apache. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Um, uh, a memory manager, because the memory comes from shared shared memory, which is uh, for use by multiple processes. First of all, uh, you can't just have twenty processes allocating from the same shared memory at once. You can't have them right into the same shared memory at once. I mean, that won't that won't work. So you have to have a memory manager so that you've got you re-implement C's um, malloc and free and and other vlock and things like that. And then so if, if one thread or process allocates some memory, this a whole the whole shared memory segment has to be locked so that no one else can do it while well, while they're doing their thing. Yeah, and then and then so if you imagine the memory that's used by the memory manager to be a blank file with an infinite number of um, blank characters. At the beginning of the request, say, if you make an allocation for four bytes, then the first four bytes will be used. And then, so the memory manager will know that four bytes has been yep. used by all, all the processes because it will have locked up while it's doing that. Uh, so no, multiple processes can't do the same thing. So it knows that the next allocation, it just starts allocating at four bytes into the file, and then you've got empty memory, yeah? And then so when someone calls free, you have to have some strategy to mark... The first, ah, so, those bits yeah, as free. So it can be used again. 
So a memory manager is basically this. Now, APC's one is very complicated. Not more complicated than an average memory manager in C, but complicated. Was it too complicated for what it was, or was it trying to do some fancy stuff that... No, I'm not going to say that. The people that originally wrote APC are probably better programmers than me, so I'm not going to say they made a mistake. They, they've done it for a reason. The, mostly, though, the user cache part of APC called for what they were doing, in my opinion, whereas the file cache didn't. You don't change files with the same regularity that you change user cache entries. So it's the, re the reason that they've done it is so that they had fast deletes and fast reallocations for the user cache. But Opcache's memory manager, it just does exactly what I just described, basically. Yep. And then when it's full, it purges the lot. So empty, get everything again. So that's very simple. And APC tried to, it did very well at um, actually managing the memory more like a standard allocator would. But in practice, for this problem with the file cache, it just didn't need it. Yeah, in my opinion, I could be yeah. wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Um, <laughs> it, uh, in my opinion, the file cache um, didn't need that. It could it could benefit from even it could even benefit from a simpler caching mechanism that don't isn't so complicated. Not prone to error. I mean, I've heard people say that APC was really unstable, but that's just not true. I mean, it it, it just doesn't doesn't seem seems to be true, but I've heard people say that APC was really unstable, which is a bit confusing, but um, maybe that's the reason. People can find fault in anything, can't they? I mean, APC was running on like the biggest websites in the world, you know, Yahoo and all that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if they're going to have problems, like, then that... But yeah, that, that's, uh, that's basically it. That's really cool, Matt. So, and with the virtual machine, um, is that uh, so it, it, it does a lot of work go on with the virtual machine as well, like optimizing that, or is that really kind of one of those things that's set in stone? This is how it works. Um, it sounds more complicated than it is. The actual function that executes opcodes, the actual virtual machine function, if you like, it's just a loop. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just a loop. So that can't really be optimized. Well, no, let's just say that that can't really be optimized. But and 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 the instructions, like jump into another op, op, op line or an offline is what we might what we call the, an index in the operay. So if you imagine in PHP code operay and then with a zero offset or one offset, that would be like the first offline but a one offset. Yeah. They can't really be optimized in that they're already as simple as they could be. Well, the only optimizations that could have really been done have been done in NG. I'm sure there are others, but I don't know about them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the only obvious the only obvious thing that we could all see is that we don't use memory very efficiently. We allocate loads of memory and then free it almost immediately and that's just terrible programming so yeah they're legacy decisions that i look forward to not having to, to live with anymore that sounds like a really nice thing doesn't it so i uh, i uh, thank you for your time man i really do appreciate uh, there's one, only one last question i really would like to ask you and i suppose and it is kind of like what do you want added to php 7 well um unicode string i would I, I would like but i'm not um i don't know that the appy looks like it should and i only just really started on it, but I would I would like Unicode string support, not because I don't actually have any problems writing applications that need to support Unicode, but I know that it's difficult and I know that it could be easier. So I'd like that so I can hear people. I don't have to hear people complain about it anymore. How are you storing your Unicode strings, like UTF-8? Uh, well, uh, it uses ICU, so by default they're UTF-16. Okay, but it's got lots of converters and lots of gadgets, so. You can choose a code page when you construct a string. But yeah, ICU uh, uses UTF-16 by default. By the app I'm using does at the moment. Um, I don't know if that will change. I, I, like I said, it's not, um, it's not final at all. Other than that, 
I would like to see some nice something like Link. I would like someone to do oh, that. That'd be beautiful. That would um, be amazing. Yeah, because it's so possible with the NST patch that it seems like a waste not to have it. It's powerful in other languages. Not languages I like, but, <laughs> but it is powerful. So I'd like that. I'd like um, generics. Yes, we, yes, yes, yes. We've talked about that before on internals, and we've sort of brushed on it with other RFCs. I would like that. Has that cut, so has come so, up in PHP 7 as well, talk? Uh, well, it, it was... carrying um, on from 5 stuff. I, I can't actually remember if it's actually been talked about in the context of 7. I think it was before we were even talking about NG that we were talking about generics. Because um, I know it came up it, in your and yours and Phil's uh, type array, um, array of type. Yeah, it was one of them, uh, let's... Um, it Put it was, on the back burner type things. Until... Yeah, let's have it at the same time as generics. That's what we got for the array of one. But I would like generics. Generic program is powerful. Um, I do use Java, and it is powerful. So I want that, because uh, it's not that difficult. Type um, hints, like uh, like primitive type hints? Levi Morrison's got a RFC out for return type hints. That would be very cool. There's one being discussed for scalar hints as well. Would that provide any optimization help for the parser and stuff to be able to for the wow. j- or is it very much that's just user level? If we had if we had a JIT, yeah, it would it would help with type inference, but we can't really use that information in a dynamic runtime anyway. That's I mean, it, we can, yeah. but it wouldn't we be can. right. You could be it could be mistaken. We will, but it will be mainly it will be mainly that they are able to make compiler and runtime checks, but not really optimizations, just just um, enforcing APIs, really, which is nice anyway. More precise code is good anyway. I think return types probably got more more chance of being accepted because it's simpler and there's less to argue about. I wrote the patch for that, and I've got to do it again, actually, but I wrote the patch for that. I'll be writing the patch for that one. And, yeah, scalars I would like, but I, I'm not sure that uh, the discussion is finished on that. So I'd like them for seven. I mean, the seven's in a year's time. And we actually propose this return type hints for like now. But if we revisit it and we say, look, let's um, have it seven, unless we get all the bugs, we've probably got a better chance of getting it in, I think. What what do people? What are people's uh, you know negative thoughts about it? With the scalar hints. Yeah. Well, because it kind of changes. It kind of changes the nature of PHP. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Optional scalar but, hints, like well, they will, they will yeah. be optional, but it still does sort of change the nature of PHP. And and right now, uh, we don't care about types. If you pass something to, um, we care about the context in which you use a variable. Yeah. yeah? So if you pass something to strlen, for example, strlen, it will treat it as a string no matter what. Yeah, even if it's um, a flow, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, a long, sorry, yeah. Um, we uh, so it sort of ch- it changes the nature the nature of um. It's hard to get right then. If so, if you hint for a string and someone passes a float, what do you do? Do you, do you just cast it? That's just... it exactly. Do you cast it or do you just so throw an error was... saying, "Look, you've got." So what was the actual point in in hinting for anything anyway? When a variable is used, its type is known from the context it was using. Yeah. In most most, so um, it sort of changes the nature of um, that, which is um, indifferent to really. Uh, it's just different. Not really. Right, so like if we did have a JIT, we could use that information, it would be beneficial, and it is beneficial to write precise APIs and have them enforced properly, so I'd, I'd, I'd like that. I'd like them both sort of at, at the same time, if possible, and then yeah, so generics and type hinting. I've heard talk of stuff that I would like, but I just don't really think is very achievable, but I'll put it out there anyway. Um, someone said they, they would like PHP to have a built-in event loop, which would be 
to be honest, I can't imagine what it would look like. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable about that sort of thing. But if it was similar to like uh, React, like is that uh, the yeah, yeah, basically. So, 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 um, but also for for userland, but also for internal, so that um we can schedule events internally. So I do think that's a really good idea, but I can't imagine what it would look like. But maybe I wouldn't be the best person to ask what it would look like anyway. So I would, I would. Love to see some at least some research on that, and I'll get involved where I can. And whatever. But um, I'd love to see that, and then ho- hopefully um, everyone can just sort of put their pens down, and we can get to release. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for as long as everyone sort of oh this would be cool, that'd be cool. We won't actually get. To this release. is kind of the stage at the moment where they're like thinking of all these cool concoctions you can do, like you know, because you've got free reign to. Yeah, the sort of same thing happened with six. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Well, it wasn't exactly the same, but. The- Fact is that work was blocked by the Unicode stuff, and people just kept adding and adding and adding, and then they got stuck because they couldn't add no more while the Unicode wasn't being finished. And I don't want to be in that position again. So if we could just sort of come up with a sort of informal agreement between ourselves of what we want to do and what we want to actually achieve, just like you do at any other job. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice if we could sort of have that level of organisation. I know it's difficult, but uh, I don't think impossible. Especially, um, especially with that, you know, the the bad taste in your mouth for PHP six. That that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you don't yeah, want I mean, the PHP six. If, if we fail here, we will be the laughing stock of programming yeah. for as long as it exists. And so, six is just about you know Perl six, you know all of it, you know. But we don't want PHP yeah. six. We want six. So we don't want to be we don't want to be repeating any mistakes or travelling the same paths. So I'm I'm hopeful that we could just get a, a few cool things together. We can say look. I mean, NG on its own is not enough to say this. That's it. I mean, that, the AST, you know, I mean, those things are just amazing. Yeah, and um, I'm sure there's other other RFCs that we don't know about yet that are cool, because that's how people tend to work at first. No one usually leaves it a year, but uh, you do generally get a patch ready before you show it to someone, otherwise you're just talking Yeah, I'm getting exactly, that's it, exactly. They're like, well, can you see, it's like, show me what you can actually do. So it's yeah. fine you can talk about it, but what is it? If, it is, if, it, if it's not done, I don't know what I'm voting on or reviewing, really. If it's not a code, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really like that. I like for RFCs to come with a proper patch and one that I can test and accuse of being wrong. So, so, so with um, the, the final, I was really sorry, so finally, with the Nikita, uh, Nikita's um, blog post, you were talking about, like, with the string Unicode stuff and, like, having that, you know, unified, you know, clean, well done appy for strings. Do you think we'd get object, pseudo objects, types, scalar um, types, like string? I was, like... Hope, I was hopeful that that was a really cool idea. It's really sort of. It kind of gives you a second <laughs> chance, doesn't it, really? To like, you keep back BC, but you get to also do it a, a new way. But the problem is that it kind of has the same problem that Hint in Scalars has. It kind of has the same problem. It was kind of pointed out. I haven't really thought about it in that much detail but Anthony Ferrara pointed it out to me and it's undeniably got the same problem. I don't know it will be resolved as quickly as it seems. It seems like a simple thing but it's not really. Let's say like it's the context that matters okay so if I call length on a float what happens? (laughs) It's the context that should matter. It's the context that matters yeah that's it. The equivalent now calling strlen would convert that whatever into a string so it's not as simple as it seems. Um, and it's changing the language. That is the thing, isn't it? It is fundamentally changing how we think of the language. Now, I think another thing we could do is I don't really see why. What's the problem with an actual class? Um, if you want to use the old appy, the procedural appy, then use it. 
if you've got legacy code that relies on it, then rely on it. But I don't actually. If we're gonna, if we're gonna consider adding a class for Unicode string, I don't really see the problem with adding a class for a string. Yeah, we can and an integer about, just bo- like these box things, like Java does. You know, with having an integer class and yeah, I mean, we can talk about the overhead of that. But to be honest, um, a string isn't what you see uh, typed in the code. It doesn't take up the number of bytes that you've typed like it does in C. So it doesn't matter. It's negligible, and I think that's simpler. I think why not just actually just have a class with the same kind of saying happy that, that mirrors actually the Unicode string should mirror that this class is happy but the Unicode string ones sort of come come about first but it makes sense to me to just add a class I, I don't see the I don't there's problems with um, if someone c- creates a string an, an instance of a string then you know it's a string there's no way it's a float or, or whatever so that removes the problem you don't any, you don't any longer need to um, you don't any longer need to solve that problem that we can't really solve. Well, that's so, it, and you can type in against it already. You've you've got free type in against all these things, and and so that could work quite easily. And I don't know why we're not just doing that. Probably because people people um, fuss about how an object is slow, but it bloody well isn't. They're not talking about. Well, not if you, and if you can use this information then in the JIT eventually, maybe or something yeah. along that, that and, could then be awesome. And it would also mean you know you don't really you don't really have to visit the the, the hinting of Scarlet. strings again. Yes, yeah, because yeah. because when it's not really the case that people are going to want to hint for in, integers anyway. The, the the reason you want scalar hints is to, is to hint for strings. It, it doesn't really make what what I can't think of a reason why you couldn't work with a float if. You, you wanted an integer and vice vice well, I can't re- I can't really think of a reason that might work. So why not just add a string class and, be, and just leave the problems behind, sort of thing? And you don't you don't we can't solve it for we can't solve the problem of the, the context problem for scalar hints. So we probably might be able to solve it for anything else. What's the point in wasting time on it? I think just add a class. I think that's the simplest way, isn't it? And you and it's backported yeah. as well. I mean, you can backport it to five. Yeah. It, it could be implemented in versions where it's not implemented as well. And, yeah, and oh god, yeah, you could do polyfill type thing. You know, and just it, say it, it wouldn't be nice if you had to do it in userland for obvious reasons. But in in if it would call a core class and see it, there would not be anything wrong with that. Um, there's no, there's no no problem with that. And it would be like I wrote it in C because I will have you know. I mean, it, hopefully, I mean, hopefully your Unicode string stuff does actually kind of push people to think about maybe that. Yeah, if we can do it. I mean, I was just, um, before before you came on, before I had my dinner, I was just uh, testing sort of time, sort of doing a little, few few little benchmarks, running things a million times and whatever, and seeing what's faster. Some tests, um, the multi-byte functions are like loads slower. I mean, really? Uh, uh, a million iterations of the length, so MB, STLN, and, and the length method of U-string. Yep. And... Um, U-string does it in 0.3 seconds and um, multi-byte extension does it in 8 seconds. Wow. Wow. So, so there's just no need to be... This is in MG. So there's just no need to be scared of having objects because um, uh, things have changed. And, and it, there's no real reason to be scared of it before MG, but especially in MG, even at the C level, there is no function call to fetch an object from um, a variable. So internally... Before ng, if you got past um, a ver- well every variable you got past, if you wanted to fetch the object that that variable represents, you actually had to call a c function, which is still a function anywhere it costs. You know, it's the same um, thing. And now it's not a function; it's pointer arithmetic. 
So it's very fast to manipulate objects, their properties. Uh, it's very good. Can you? So what? Is, what by point arithmetic? Do you just mean like funky C stuff that you can do instead, like times in it by you know being able to work out where things are instead of having to go and search for certain things? And basically, um, point arithmetic means so you get uh, you, everything in every variable in C is an address. Really, you can think of it as a kind of address. And a point arithmetic is just when you sort of add. Um, if you've got a struct and the members are in the members are in order, okay. So the first struct say A and the second struct B. And you've got the address of the beginning of the struct, or you've got the you know you've got the address of the beginning of the struct. You can calculate the address of the, le- the next up- one because it's just going to be whatever the size of this is, without referencing their name. So you can do point arithmetic to tell where the other struct members are, and that's and a so- lot quicker. And that's what one of the things that they've done in NG to make it. It's a lot. It's a lot quicker than calling a function. Yeah. Is it? I suppose it's a lot more com- complicated. I guess that that's the thing that's kind of the trade off. I mean, that's one of the things they've done. I mean, other things they've done. Other things they've done are, are, are more more complicated, but they're sort of spread out everywhere. Like, say, you used to get all of the internal APIs, most of the internal APIs, would take pointers to variables with, like, three levels of indirection. And so now we don't do that anymore because uh, it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> a PPP. Um, yeah, basically. And uh, that's horrible. So we don't do that anymore. And... Um, we try not to allocate so much, uh, which obviously changes what what appies look like. So yeah, that's probably had more of an effect. But it just so happens that um, uh, yeah, fetching objects from the object store is much quicker um, in NG. So it it, ma- it makes this 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 sort of um, let let's just abstract everything the way we would in other languages. But Java's got a string class, like you said. Well, this is it. I mean, you know, and they. I mean, what they do they do is they uh you know like they have the nice string literals are actually string objects we can yeah. do that i guess because but we could have a different i mean no we couldn't well, really have that i don't think we couldn't have that um because well, you couldn't because you couldn't defer you mm, you could have do. i mean you could do couldn't you do like a like a i don't know like an s then string like you know like how you would do yeah Unicode, other so. just do that i'm quite in favor of that you know casts at yes. the moment um, you can only cast um, to primitive types or built-in types. Um, you can't actually cast to a class. So I'd rather just see because it's simple. I'd rather just see uh, if you if you want to say if you wanted to say that a literal string is a Unicode string, just cast it to a, a Unicode string. Um, Ooh, you, would that would that so that would work internally yeah. in PHP? That would be yeah, that would work. You can just construct it and destruct it kind of internally, implicitly. Yeah, that would be quite cool. Yeah, I think that's probably just the simplest way to do it. I love simple, and I see a, I see a way to do that, so that could be done. I, I actually that could be done with the addition of the AST. That, um, I tried it the other day, and I couldn't um, I couldn't remove all the conflicts in the parser, which is another reason that AST is brilliant. Um, so with AST, yeah, that can be done. Um, that's awesome. With, yeah, so that will be good. I think that's probably the simplest thing to do. And it sort of paves the way for... It's very short-sighted to say, let's add a U um, for this one single thing. Yeah, that yeah, that's it, exactly. It's kind of like a patch on something just to solve this one problem and not... In five years' time, we'll be kicking ourselves up the arse for that when the next thing comes along that we need the same sort of thing for and we've got to add another character. And, and we don't want that. Other languages have got that. We don't want that, I don't think. Better to just uh, allow cast into complex types. Uh, probably um, probably wouldn't expose that to userland because it would be I was thinking I would definitely not expose that to userland because <laughs> no. people would do some very funky stuff. 
But internally, though, we've got type information and all that kind of stuff, and we can do the cast. So no reason not to. That's probably the solution to that. I'm 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 going to get Phil to say that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't actually do it, but I will be able to after the AST one goes in. That's awesome. Um, well, I've 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 kept you for an hour and twenty minutes now, mate, and I I really appreciate you talking. Um, I was wondering, is there anything else you want to say? Like anything you want to talk about or want to mention to the listeners or just in general? Yeah, I, I, do, I do want to mention one thing. Just a personal thank you to everyone who sent money and helped me out the other week. Done an amazing thing. I haven't got any other words, but thank you. I'm glad everything's back. You're back on your feet now and everything. And you're rubbing it in. You're in the Isle of Wight and we're in horrible Kent. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is, uh, I think that's a wrap now, actually. Uh, thank you, Joe, again for coming on. And it'd be awesome if you come on again. Maybe, you know, if you've got any other things you want to talk about. And yeah, the door's always yeah. open for you. Um, and so this has been Three Days in the Maybe. I'm Ed, and I will see you next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com. Or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.